Amen and amen. So this morning's title of the message is Today. Don't you think that's inventive, creative, just out there? Can you imagine that I came up with such a wonderful title? Well, by the end of the word today, I believe that that word will mean something to you. You know, in the Bible, there's lots of places where that word stands out. There's today you will be with me in paradise is what Jesus said to the person at the, the man on the cross. He said to Zacchaeus, come down for I'm coming to your house today. He said today, today is the day of salvation. All through the word he says today if you will heed my voice. It says encourage one another while it's still today. It says, give us this day our daily bread. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. And then Joshua says, choose this day whom you will serve. And that's just a few of the words about today. And the thoughts of today are also implied in the scripture. And I want you to think about the word today and let your heart be receptive to God, of what God wants to show you. You see, God is the God of today. He is. He's the God of today. He's the God of now. He is current. And for example, in Psalm 46.1, it says this, God is our refuge and our strength, a very present, a very present help in trouble. So maybe you're asking me in your mind, what difference does it make whether we see him as the God of today or just the God who is? What difference does it make? You see, it's so easy with our heads to acknowledge that God moves. If I said, does God move on the earth? All of you would say yes, right? Okay, and we understand that he's the healer. And, and we know that he's our shepherd. And we delight in him who's our victory. And um, we, we get overcome with the fact that he's our provision. And we agree with our head all of these truths, and then we wait. Do you ever wait? What are you doing, God? Where are you? What are you doing? And sometimes we have great expectation that he's going to do something. And sometimes we have no expectation. And I ask you this morning, do you take the living word of God and apply it from, apply it to your, the situation you're in and expect immediate results? Honestly, do you? Do you expect that when I pray for healing, that healing occurs? Do you expect that when I look for an answer, it's there? Do you? Do you think of God as the God of today, fulfilling his word now? Or do you go to God asking for other things with the same assurance of results as you did with salvation? When you went to God, when he pulled on the, the heart strings of your heart and and he called you to him and you said yes to him 
did you say, oh, I wonder if I am going to get saved. I wonder how many days it will take. I wonder how long it will be. No, we just ask, and what did you do? You received, and you began, became born again in that moment. And as believers, as the church, as the church of God, we all say yes and amen to that. We know that in our heart. We expect that to happen. We look for that to happen. But what about all the other promises? Do we face them with the same assurance, with the same belief, with the same expectation that we do when we ask people to receive Jesus as their Savior? I was challenged by part of a verse in Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11 is the faith chapter. And it says, with you know, that, that whole chapter that displays the men and um, women of God and how they walked. And in this chapter, it says that faith is the substance of things hoped for. We all have heard it lots of times. It's the evidence of things not seen. It's your believing that what you don't see this moment, you're going to see now. That's that whole thing, right? But then listen to it. For by it. By what? By what? For by it. What's the it? It's your believing by your faith, by your faith. It says the elders obtained a good testimony. You see, it's by us thinking that God is the God of today. It's by believing that God is actually going to answer the quest of our heart that we obtain the testimony to say, hey, you'll never believe what God is going to do. Isn't that beautiful? They obtained a good testimony. Testimony. Do we walk in total assurance? You know, that word salvation in the Greek, and it's all through the New Testament, is in Greek, that word is sozo. Okay? That's just the Greek term for salvation. But salvation is just not being born again. Salvation holds deliverance, healing, and freedom. That's what Jesus came to do for you, to save, heal, and deliver you. And sometimes our, our thoughts about God are just so small. I don't know why we allow ourselves to go there, but I want, you to, I want to remind you this morning with a verse out of Deuteronomy 4.39. Look at this verse. It says, therefore, know this day, today, March 5th, know this. And consider it in your heart. Actually think about it. Actually ponder on it. Really dwell on the fact of who God is. That the Lord himself is God in heaven above and on earth beneath. And there's no other. That's who he is. I challenge you that sometimes our thoughts of God are so limited that we hinder what he wants to do. We can hinder what God wants to do by our beliefs. Uh, Luther, he said to a friend in a letter, and it's a challenging thought. He said, friend, he said, your thoughts about God are all too human. And I challenge you this morning, are yours. Do you make God like you 
Or do you consider him the God of the heaven, the creator of the universe, the one who knows you intimately, the one who nothing is impossible, the one that spoke into existence that which was not until that's the God that we're talking about this morning. And Isaiah tells us this. He says that your thoughts are not like his thoughts. And he said, and to make it, take it one step further, your ways aren't like his ways. As high as the heaven is above the earth, that's how much higher his thoughts are than our thoughts. In fact, his thoughts and ways are so far exceed yours that it's hard to grasp the reality of God's thoughts and ways. I want to, you to consider your thoughts for a moment. I don't know if you know this, and I don't know if you care about this or not, but you have about 10,000 thoughts a day. 10,000 random thoughts a day. 10,000. Think how many you've expended already this morning. That's a whole lot of thoughts. And I want you to know something this morning. Your thoughts are powerful. Your thoughts are powerful. Ralph Waldo Emerson said this, beware of what you set your mind on because that you surely will become. Interesting. Norman Vincent Peale said this, change your thoughts and you change the world. Paul told us this in Corinthians. He said, take every thought captive to the obedience of Jesus Christ. I have a lot of random thoughts that don't get caught and submitted to him. I love this one from King Solomon. He said, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. If Every thought represents a decision you make. And I want you to think about those 10,000 thoughts you've had or are going to have. If you're speedy, Gonzalez, you already had them. Um, and I want you to think it about in terms of dollars, that every thought would represent a dollar. So in a day, you would have $10,000. And I'm telling you, you would plan and with great purpose, decide what you were going to do with that $10,000. Am I right? And you wouldn't want to waste one of them, correct? And I propose to you this morning that your thoughts are more important than $10,000. Your thoughts hold great power. I believe that God wants you to shift how you actually think about him. And he wants you to readjust your thinking to, the rea to his reality. So I want us to look for a second at Luke chapter 4, starting in verse 18. Um, Jesus goes back to Nazareth, where he grew up as a boy. And he goes into the synagogue, into church that morning. And someone gets up and hands him the scroll that day. And he turns the scroll... However, that happened sideways or up and down. I don't know. Anyway, he turns the scroll and he lands on Isaiah 61. Okay. So Jesus is standing before the church and he's got the word in his hand and he's reading from Isaiah. 
and this is what he said. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book and he gave it back to the attendant. And he sat down, and all the eyes on this, of the synagogue were on him. And this is what he said. Today. Today. Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Interesting. I want you to know something. He didn't quote Isaiah 61 exactly. He didn't quote it like it's written. He read, but he spoke into that room that day a reality of what he had come to do on the earth and in their lives. And it said that reality begins today. And he speaks out his mission and objective. He's speaking something that wasn't just for that day, that today. It's for this day. He comes to the people and speaks. He said, it's like you could read it, and he says, this day, March 5th, 2023, this is what I came to do. I came to heal the brokenhearted. I came to set captives free. I came to set at liberty those that are in bondage. I came to heal the eyes that are blind, both those that can't see physically and those who can't see spiritually. This is who I am. The Son of God came to set you free, but not in 20 years, church. He came you to set you free today. See, we have this mindset that he's working and, he, and he's moving and he's doing this, but it's, it's out there, it's like down the road, it's over here, it's over there. We don't say, oh, today. He's speaking this to us today. You see, the living word of God holds the very DNA of Jesus. So when you read the scriptures and you read the promises that are all through the scriptures, they're actually living. You could see life in them. And they're meant to come into us and shift what's going on. They're not nice things that we pat and say, oh, aren't these wonderful? They're actually meant to shift what's happening in your situation and in your life. It's meant for today, this day, this day. His heart is to heal now. His healing is for today. And we need to let go of fear and pick up that, that faith that the elders obtained a good promise with and watch him work in our impossible situations. Remember, it holds, the word of God is alive and it holds limitless pos potential to be drawn upon. Do you see them that way? Do you, do you grab hold of that? It's active today. So one doesn't have to wait. You see, we all think we have to wait. And God wants you to know that it is current. It is now. It is today. It's not future tense. God wants to work in our present tense. We read the, the word with 
future thoughts like he's coming again and someday I will be and sometime I will change and God is working on me progressively. Down the road, I'll attain what he wants. But his thoughts are such a greater reality. Today, the commands and promises of the word are alive moving today. And he wants your heart today. Everyone in this room, he wants your heart today. He wants you to to lean not on your own understanding today. He wants you to, having done all, stand today. He wants you to encourage someone today. He wants to, you to live fully surrendered today. He wants to meet your needs today. He is your shepherd today. He satisfies the longing of your soul today. He makes you able to do all things today. He takes what the enemy has meant for harm and turns it for good today. He blesses today. He heals today. You are seated in heavenly places with Christ today. That's the truth of what the word says. What a difference it makes whether we see him as the God of today or the, just the God who is. Um, I want to give you an example. The Lord brought me to David, and most of you have all heard the story of David and Goliath, and I'm not going to tell it. But I want you to see something about how David lived in the moment of today. So David is sent on an errand by his dad. His dad says, go take this cheese and bread to your brothers and check out how they're doing. And so David goes. And um, he goes and he has no idea that his mindset of living in today was going to change his nation. He just thought he was doing a job for his dad. Okay. And he comes and he sees what's happening, this big bully. Goliath is threatening the armies of Israel. Okay? And he sees this. And I love verse 29 because David begins to ask questions. What's going on here? What, what, why is this situation like this? What's going to happen to whoever goes and fights? He's asking all these questions. And he's tr trying to figure out why they're not doing something about it. And David makes a declaration to his brothers who are very annoyed with all of his questions. And I want you to look at it in 1 Samuel 17, 29. And David says this, what have I done now? You know, kind of like all I do is annoy you, brothers. What have I done now? And then he says this. He says, is there not a cause? You see, church, is there not a cause? Seriously, is there not a cause? God has sent us on assignments of life. And, and we have to have the word today in our thoughts that we can be like David. Oh, I'm here just to deliver bread and cheese. But man, is there not a cause here? Yeah. 
We need to see him as able and willing today, ready to use us at our first cry. We need to access the situations in our families and look at the situations in your workplace. What about the situations in our government? We need to be totally at sync with what God's doing in our meetings together. And God wants us to be like David and declare, is there not a cause? Forty days this had been going on before David got there. Forty days this guy had come out and bullied them and they'd all gone back to their tents. And the next day it started again. And no one had that mindset that God's the God of today, that he hears and he answers, that he says, if I call upon, he'll answer me and show me great and mighty things that I have never even considered. Oh, I should get up and do something. Not one of them. They just wait. They just watch thinking, God's going to save us. I, I know it. He's here. He's going to save us. And David looks at this and he says, is there not a cause? God is waiting to use you today. And he wants you to understand that he will answer you today. That when you step out and speak the truth over your situation, he wants you to believe who you are in the kingdom. He's longing over your declaration, shifting the outcomes of what you face. We are not ordinary people. You got to get that out of your head. We are not ordinary people. First Peter 2, 9 says this, you're a chosen race. You're a royal priesthood. You're a holy nation. You're a people of his own po po position, <laughs> sorry, possession that may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness and into his light today. So this, there's no record about David saying, okay, God, is, is this, are you wanting me to do something here? What, what do you want? We don't have any record of him praying. We don't ask, we don't see him saying, God, is this my job or is this their job? We, we don't see that. And he does not wait to say, hey, are, are we in this together? Are we going to? He said, oh, is there not a cause? Okay, here I am. And I'm going to do something about it. He doesn't wait for a sign. He doesn't wait for agreement in the camp. He moves in the understanding of who his God is and what he will do on his behalf. So to Goliath and the whole world of enemies, this is his declaration. Look at it. He says, this day, 1746, this day, today, <laughs> the Lord will deliver you into my hand and I will strike you and I will take your head from you. And this day, I will give the carcass of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth that all the earth may know there is a God in Israel. The results absolute victory over the enemy absolute victory over the enemy the philistines saw their champion down and they ran and all israel then joined in the cause psalms 3 8 says this and we should know this by heart victory comes from you O lord may you bless your people Victory comes from you, O oh Lord. I'm going to tell you something. It's not about you. It's never about us. 
It's about who he is and our availability to him, our willingness to believe his word, our willingness to step out in uncomfortable places, our ability to see ourselves as supernatural, our ability to believe that he who is the king of all the universe will work through me. The flowers are coming up out of the ground, church. Those roots are ready to explode this morning. They are. The Bible tells us that all of God's promises are yes and amen. That's in 2 Corinthians 1.20. I love it in the New Living. It says, for all God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes. And through Christ, our amen ascends to the glory of God. That's our yes. The word yes means surely, truly, assuredly. Are you taking all those yes promises and pulling them out for your situation? I love 2 Corinthians 9.8. It says, and God is able to make all grace abound towards you. Say, his grace abounds towards me. That you, say that's me. Having all sufficiency, you have all sufficiency. You can't say I can't, I don't know how, I am not able, you don't understand, I'm just not that kind of person, I'm kind of... It says, having all sufficiency in all things might have an abundance for what? Every good work of God. You're called. You're a royal priesthood. You're a peculiar people. That's New King James. The kingdom of God is a kingdom of great power and authority, and the church has forgotten that. church has been lulled into quietly just being happy to just go along with life just but he's calling us out and he's saying you got to get your thoughts and your mind thinking my way you got to align yourself with me and you got to understand that I will give you all sufficiency to be able to do what I'm asking you to do it's interesting first Corinthians 420 says this for the kingdom of God is not just a lot of talk It's not just a lot of talk. It's living by God's power. Are you living by his power? And Paul says this in 1 Corinthians 2, 5. He said, I did this so you would trust not in human wisdom. We can't think about it and figure out, oh, how are we going to do this? You have to walk in the power of God, in the power of God. And Ephesians 1.19 says this, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe? What is the exceeding greatness of his power if you believe? What is it? It's the same power that raised Jesus up out of the grave. If you go on in the scripture, you find that out. 
that same power it took to say, Jesus, come back to life, is the same power that's at work in you on your behalf as you apply and, and go after the things God's asking you today. You see, God is the God of today. King Hezekiah was given a, that he needed to get his life in order because God said he was going to die. He turned his face to the wall. And he said, God, this is what I've done for you. This is how I've lived my life. Is this what I'm going to get? And before the prophet had left his house, he came back and he says, God says, I'm going to add 15 years to your life. You see, that was an answer. He asked, and it was an answer that day. Joshua was out in the battle, and he's, he's thinking it's getting dark, and we're not going to be able to keep going. And, and he says, God, can you make the sun stand still? And in that moment, the sun stands still, and they battle for another 24 hours. You see, that was a, a man who said, is there not a cause? Do I need to do something about this? And then he, he spoke, and God answered him. He answered him that day. Elisha, he went to the waters, and he took the cape of Elijah, and he whacked the waters, and he says, where's the God of Elijah? And the waters parted, and he walked through. God raised the dead. Delivered people from demons, opened jail cells, healed the sick, experienced rattle conversions. Men and women in the book of Acts, they understood that God was the God of now and I'm, I'm working now. They prayed that, that Peter would be out of jail and the, the chains fell off. Soldiers were here and here. And they came off and he walked to the door and the door swung open and he walked through the gates out into the street and the gates opened. That's the power of people who believe that God is the God of the universe who works on our behalf. They saw radical conversions and people baptized in water and then baptized with the Holy Spirit. He, they saw it over and over and over again. It's time for us to see salvations and baptisms and baptisms in the Spirit over and over again. People coming in by the hundreds, receiving what God has for them. The king of glory rules the situations that you are experiencing right now. The same one gave his son for you to walk in victory. He's the one who saved you, baptized you with the spirit so that you could move through his authority and power. You are meant for this season. You are meant for such a time as this. You were born that you would be at this season in life. Because he has purpose for you. There's not one of you that can say, well, it's not me. It's you. He chose you. He called you. He's anointed you. He's called you to throw off all the old thoughts that hold us captive and in darkness. We need to not settle. Don't settle, church. Press in. Go after it. We have to hunger for truth. We need to ask for God and the power of his resurrection in our life in a daily basis. We need to rise up, church, and step into our rightful inheritance so that the God of today can work through you. So all week I've been preparing this message. All week I've been working on it, that he's the God of today. And I'm like, God, what, what are you telling me? What are you wanting me to understand? And this morning, God said to me, so do you believe that word? Elizabeth texted me. 
and Israel are on their way to Japan right now. And they were at the airport. She actually texted me last night and she said that the airline said that they could not fly without the COVID test in their hands. And um, she said it hasn't come back yet. I said, I'll pray. Thank you, God. You know, for some other friends prayed. So this morning she texted me and she said, I'm at the airport. I'm in great turmoil because we don't have the rapid tests. So I began to pray and I began to intercede and I'm like, you're the God of today. You said that in your word. You're the God of today. This situation, is there not a cause? They've got everything lined up to go to Japan and they can't go without this test. God, are you not the God of today? Are you working? And then I'm like, what if it doesn't happen? What if, and the thoughts, a hundred thousand thoughts are going through my head. And then I'm like, no, he's the God of today. I'm going to rise up and I'm going to believe his word. He said he would do it. So I just pray and I begin to intercede over them for a resolution. I didn't tell God how he had to do it. And an hour before the flight, there was a resolution. And I'm telling you, we need to be that cause, rising up for those causes all around us. We need to be that voice and say, is there not a cause? Can we not believe that the God of today will work in the situation you're facing? Jim, the God of today is working in the situation you find yourself in right now. Take authority over the plans of the enemy for your life and go for what God has for you. Nothing can touch you lest God allows it. I believe that with all of my heart. Stand, Jim. Stand strong. You're faithful. He will see you through this. Becca, you've been hit one thing after another with your, your physical body. Stand. He's the healer. The word says he heals all of our diseases. Actually, it says past tense. Stand. Is this not a cause? You're anointed to do the work of God. Stand believing that his spirit's going to flow through you and the doors are going to open and nothing is going to prevent you from moving into what he's called you to do. I'm literally Muriel. The enemy cannot have you. He cannot have your physical body. You are important in the kingdom. You have lots of work to do. God has called you. You're saving children. You are anointed for this season and his spirit will fall upon you in a powerful way and you're going to see victory after victory after victory. I saw Vicki in Walmart and she said, they got me on all Sundays. I'm not going to be able to be in church. I, I want to be in my church. And I said, is this not a cause? And I began to pray that they would change. And she's been here three Sundays in a row, church. Church, it's time to rise up. It's time to think of God how he actually is and not how you think he is. It's time to lay aside your experiences and take the truth of the word of God and say, this is what's truth. Dad, 
The word says that in our old age, we shall flourish. And I don't see flourishing all the time in your life. So I declare that the God who is the God of the universe, is this not a cause? He served you all the days of his life that you shall flourish. You'll flourish, Dad. I, I pray that over you, that you will flourish both physically, emotionally, and mentally. And God will pour his wisdom upon you. And you will speak the wisdom of ages to all of us who are in this room in Jesus' name. anyone here today who doesn't know my God if you're here and you've never met him you've never known this king of kings this king of glory that delights in human man I want to pray for you this morning if you come Jim can you go on the piano as we close thank you Lord I think you have to say, okay, this is it. This is where I'm going. Just like I did this morning praying for Elizabeth. I said, no, I'm going to believe. I'm going to stand. I'm going to believe. And as we stood for Emily this morning, that we're going to stand and believe that that damage to her lungs is gone like he prayed. That it isn't words. It's actually the power of God at work in us, in our situations. It's time for us to walk in the victory he already provided for us. Will you stand, please? I encourage you to say, God, I say yes to, is there a cause? I say yes to thinking your way and not my way. I say yes to being used in spectacular, supernatural, incredible ways. say no to uncomfortable and I say yes to the supernatural God this house wants to welcome whoever comes this house wants to be willing to move with you and what you're doing in the spirit this house longs for more of you and your presence we are hungry Papa we are hungry for you come Holy Spirit move in our hearts and lives I encourage you just to take even a moment at the altar and say yes to him. Oh, what will happen if we all say yes to the cause that's before you and change the circumstances around you. We praise you, Lord. So just wait a moment. Thank you for moving. Thank you for moving, oh God. Thank you for sweeping the altar and touching us. Thank you, God. We are saying yes to you.
for saying yes to you. We want you to use us, oh God. We position ourselves to be used. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We love you, God. We love you, God. Jesus today. He's calling you. Thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We thank you, God. We thank you that today is about you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We ask you, Lord, to govern us today. Stir the word in our hearts. Cause us to see the causes all around us. Cause us to rise up and say, yes, anoint us. Speak through us. Pour out your power. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you be gracious unto you and give you peace. In Jesus'